clear, clear as a Pittsburgh day. That's not very clear. I don't know if you uh, know anything about Pittsburgh, but it is... Uh, I don't live there. Infamously cloudy. Infamously. Now, uh, Seattle's known for the clouds, the rain. Pittsburgh is known for hot dogs. The Steelers. Chili. Steelers. Chili dogs, right? Well, hoagies. That's where that's uh, where Sonic lives, I think, right? Sonic lives in Pittsburgh, canonically. Um, I think you're thinking of Chicago. Oh, Sonic's from Chicago? That's yeah. what he has to run so fast so he doesn't get shot. <laughs> is that, wow. Is that, a jo- is that a joke or or not? I don't... It's, it's not a, bad, a joke. It's a bad start. From. It's a bad start. It's when right. I was in Chicago, no, I, had, no, I, mean, I, had the best, uh, I had the best hot dog of my life in Chicago. Where are so. chili dogs from? Where... Let me see. Uh, where are chili dogs from? Get as much of the clacking as possible on that last uh, one. Bring, Los up the, bring up the clacking. L.A.? Gross. I mean, I never liked it. I never wanted to like chili dogs, but even grosser now. 1939. I like chili dog. I, I eat more junk food than you do. By, That's probably by true. A, a massive margin. And yet I'm more, I'm heavier than you. Ryan, James. There, have, there have been better times to play video games. Is that true? I don't think so. I thought you were going to walk that back. This is there the, have, this podcast. There have been better times to play video games. Is that true? I don't think so. I would say that this is the no time to explain podcast because we've got no time to explain what we have no time to explain, right? There are bad Destiny? video games out right now. There are bad video games out right now, but there are good video games. And the good video games that are out before the bad video games came out are still out. Let's let's talk bad video games. New World. Oh, you haven't played it, so don't even. So what do you? So you? What do you've got against it, Pittsburgh James, homeowner James? Pittsburgh is a new world, and Amazon's new world is not. That's oh yeah, it. That's you haven't it. played it, so that's a bet. So whatever, that's a whatever take. Some people are liking it. I saw Shroud on it last night. There's some hashtag popular, ad. There's some popular streamer. Yeah, maybe he's getting paid for it. I don't even know. I mean, you would with the source company. Yeah, you would think so. But well, but I I downloaded it. I uh, pre-ordered it a, a, a minute ago um, last year, maybe summer of last year. I don't even remember when. Um, because I like some aspects about it. You know, the thing is, this is, I've been thinking about it. You, you're going to, you were going to, I knew you were going to come at new, new world with some shit and you're going to say new world sucks and you're not wrong. You're not wrong to say that new world is not a good video game. But the thing is that it's not new world's fault. MMOs are bad video games and they're all bad. Um, the best one, the only okay one is Final Fantasy and it's so goddamn old at this point that it's on life support even with a new even with a new i i and i like it i love the story but everything gameplay wise does not hold up at all uh not remotely at this point and mmos are just dead they're just dying they're just horrible uh there hasn't been a good one in forever uh not since they released final fantasy 14 and uh yeah just the the genre sucks so new world it's not their fault that it sucks it's that mmos just suck they're all bad that's a that's a factual take and i think even people who play mmos would probably begrudgingly give me that maybe yeah uh so another game melty blood oh, is a come on is a is a is a 50 video game do you know melty blood have you seen this one have you heard of this one it's a it's a fighting game by uh the company's french bread and melty blood the cast of the fighting game is based on a visual novel which means almost all the characters are school children. 
It's it's too bad that that if you're gonna first of all if you're gonna base a f- I, mean, I I know that I'm I, this is not the first Melty Blood. Um, it, it, you would fans of the show, listeners, viewers of the show would maybe not know that this is not the first Melty Blood because none of the Melty Blood games have gotten particularly popular, right? Like they, this is like a, this has always been a niche game, and it's niche in fighting games, which is already niche. And Melty Blood is that game that has like. 10 people tournaments and all 10 people are obsessed with the game and are desperately trying to convince other people that this is a great game. This is a great fighting game, even though for some reason, like, you know, you have, you know, 2.5 billion people lining up for a smash tournament. And then you've got regular, you've got good numbers on those guilty years and street fighters. And then you have 10 people in melty blood tournaments. So why is it James? Never before did we. I, I I could be wrong, but I think this is the first Melty Blood that costs fifty dollars and, and the last I, one. And I think that that price tag is pretty brutal because of I is the word sparse. the The roster feels sparse. Um, the roster is fourteen characters. Is it the characters? Is it fourteen characters, pretty, James? Pretty samey. Here's the most egregious part of the cast. Tell me about the most egregious part of the cast, and tell me why it's not actually 14 characters. So there's this really cool uh, character where you play as the ma- two maids, and you switch between them, and they're they're fairly unique. And you can kind of, if, if you have one maid out, you can use the other maid as, like, an assist. And that's pretty cool. However. However. The maids are also selectable by themselves. And, and playing them by themselves doesn't give them any additional moves or benefits over playing the combined two characters. So, so ultimately, there, there's no there's reason... There's characters. Or there's... There's no reason why you would pick the, the a singular maid when you could just pick the two maids together. Yeah, that's the most egregious part of the cast. You know, if uh, I, what I was saying before is like, if it, when Melty Blood first came out, how many? How, how have they made so many of these fucking games? The, it, when Melty Blood first came out, they the original sin was making it off of the most boring fucking visual novel you could possibly imagine. What the hell? Why would you do that? I don't understand. Like the cast is the most criminally boring cast. The cast is so boring that that like I knew I was gonna play this game and. Up until the moment that I looked at a character select screen, I, I didn't think of any character I would possibly be interested in. And to just do trials, I just kind of like was like, I don't know, this character looks okay. This boring ass, none-looking character. Like the characters in it are are all. It's all the kind of characters you would find in like any whatever visual novel of like high school students. You got someone wearing uh, a nun garb. Um, and maybe the most kind of like kind of visual difference you get is that there's another character that's from a different high school that has a different uniform. So you have like multiple just high school girls that are wearing high school girl, you know, one of the things that's weird to me is that, uh, the, the Melty Blood before this one, uh, released in 2016, actress again, had 31 characters, uh, and and they had three separate separate like uh, styles each, so that's that's like a pretty solid. They launched thirty one or a DLC. 
I'm pretty sure it had no DLC. Well, I think there, there was another, there's multiple of the actress again, like Bloodline, right? Like there's, there's a colon on top of that. There's like a Melty Blood colon actress again, colon something else, right? Current code. Current code. So, so it's probably, it probably launched that way because it, in, instead of a DLC, it was just like, you know, the old fashioned way, the Ultra Street Fighter 4 championship arcade edition kind of way of like, it just, the name gets longer and they add more characters. Why, why is this $50? So let, let's talk a little bit about the actual gameplay. It actually plays fairly well. I mean, it plays like, it, it feels simpler than like Guilty Gear in terms of like the combos and things like that. But it has a lot of system. I wonder how it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. I, it won't be interesting because we both here's like here's a spoiler. We both immediately um, refunded this game, so we will probably will not know much more about this game in the future. Because you when you refunded it, it just made no sense for me to have it anymore. Uh, friend of the show Galloway, thank you Galloway, and uh, Bumper for the user of music. We use the intro and outro, uh, not beyond the fleeting chaos. Uh, you can get it off the new album Pop Songs 2020. You can find them on YouTube where you can get links to their merch. Um, he didn't get, he didn't get the game and you refunded it. I kind of thought it, it, the, the actual, like, despite the fact that the characters are criminally boring, the actual playing of the game is, is good. Like I can understand why those, those 10 people, um, uh, play that game, uh, because it, it plays very well. It's just so unfortunate that like the aesthetics could, could not be worse. Could, couldn't be worse. The, just the most boring lineup. And Tw- uh, already, I would say twelve is already a, a really bad starting roster, and you can only make that work if you're like Arxis and like you you make you, I, you've made the point of like I think the initial Blaze Blue starting lineup was twelve, but yes, Blaze Blue, the characters have like a diff- have like a button that is a gimmick, and and you could look at that cast and say like the of the initial starting twelve of Blaze Blue, you had like a puppet character, uh, a grapple character, a minions character a like you had like traditional kind of like balanced shodoy kind of characters you had rush down and keep away and zoning and you had you had everything kind of in that initial cast um and with guilty gear it was similar like the initial like guilty gear strive had a small launch cast but you kind of have a good representation of different styles but for melty blood everyone just is like an anime rush down character um and other than like one or two characters, like there is a kind of a grappler character, and there is kind of a slightly zone control can ca- character, but everyone else kind of does a combo, launches, and then does an air combo, and then grabs you and like throws you to the ground. So everyone else is yeah. kind of just like an anime at, rushdown. At least at the yeah at the at the beginning, but but yeah, I mean like their play style, like uh, I don't know, maybe maybe we'll see a girl, maybe someone is like viciously typing. Yeah. Up, uh, up a reply, but then deleting it because yeah, nobody it, actually sends those. Yeah, and it, uh, do, it does. I, I, I'll, I'll contend. I'll contest that it doesn't help that um, they're this. I think this is a good system. They have a they have like a dial a combo. They have like a mash out. If you mash out A B or like there, it's a it's a light medium heavy shield kind of game. That's like I, I mean the shield thing. And actually, that's a good that's a that'll be a good thing to talk about because I think that's a horrible mechanic. Um, but there's a there's like a light medium heavy. And if you just keep hitting the same button over and over again, they'll do like a ground combo into air, into like a knock up, into aerial combo, into like a, a ground smash. So you can kind of like 
jump on a lot of different characters and is if you know their buttons for like what their actual other abilities do then you don't have to initially worry that much about combos yeah which is which i think is a good thing like uh, overall like this game is going to reach nobody um it's probably going to be the most popular melty blood that's ever come out because it has a little bit of hype and i think strive kind of breathed uh, a, a little air into fighting games right now so people are yeah. so like you have a lot of people who are already watching um Sejam or Giuna or uh, you know other like infiltration goichi or something people are already wa- got their eyes on fighting games because Strive did so well um so it, it has a fairly high amount of like uh reviews on Steam Yeah so this is uh, the it's yeah 1700 it, reviews 86% positive It feels to me like this is going to be the most popular Melty Blood of all time because it's coming in the wake of of uh of Guilty Gear and because Guilty Gear still has a a a, a good, fair amount of good um good feel, like, what do you, what would I say like it, there's a zeitgeist about there's there's some people playing fighting games so it feels like this was a good time to launch this completely boring game but it i i you need to it, it is good to have things like a, a a like auto combo thing i i like that but um it it does it, it will like kind of stagnate the game for a little bit i think as people are kind of just doing some of the traditional combos until people are doing more wild combos um and the combos feel i mean they do feel pretty easy to create so i'm sure that that'll come soon uh i feel like i'll end up buying the next one whatever like the iteration Guilty, yeah or, melty like, blood final version of this is what even is this melty blood f- final this is melty blood type lumina and then it'll be so it'll melty be blood like, type lumina colon final spark colon astral judgment ascension di- yeah, or astral, something, ascent, yeah. astral chains the video game I should get back to that game. That's a pretty good game. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the playing of it feels pretty good. I think that the cast is the most boring cast. I, I really could put pen to paper on like the most boring cast ever. It, it, it's it's amazing that the cast is this boring. They, they've never looked this good. Um, I'll, I'll give them that. Like the It's a sprite game, and the animations are phenomenal. Um, I do think that like the game is the game is good when you're actually in a round. Um, and you're, and the, you've the, forgotten the how boring seems good. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, the, the menus are good. You can very, very quickly get from one match to the next match. Oh yeah. Is, I mean, I think it's like one of the most important parts. I feel like guilty games. gear, guilty gear took us like so long before we understand stood the, the bizarre in and outs of like room creation, then trying to find a room that of someone that, you know, even if you make the settings, right, usually there was tons of other rooms appearing and refreshing over and over again and then the, and then originally there do you remember they patched it out at some point but originally guilty gear had this thing where if you played like if three people started if like three different matches or so were started in that room it would dead the room and then it would just keep giving you an error message whenever you tried to connect to someone uh so there, so guilty gear has had all this messed up shit and for melty blood you pretty quickly just like went to you know player match and like invite friend and i jumped right in there was no problems which is yeah, it's, no it's a, it, should, it, involved. It, it should be a low bar to clear right but it's not and um and it played well it played very well i think that people are saying the online is the online netcode is very good um that's always really important uh we had a little bit of slowdown but but yeah so so i mean like this is where like melty blood is at like uh 
for me, ultimately, if it were $30, I think I would have kept it and kept playing it, but it just left a bad taste in my mouth being that price. Yeah. I would also say that I, I wonder how this will end up shaking out, but I kind of detest the shield. Um, in, in Melty Blood, I, I said before that there's there's four buttons, A, B, C, and D, and D is a shield uh, that you can hold up high or low, and it, it works like a parry would in other games, and you, you can get like a full combo off of it. If the person... If like goes low and you shield low, then you can you can combo off. You can like you block it and then you get to like teleport behind them, um, nothing personnel style, and attack them uh, with a combo. I I, I kind of don't like it, and the reason why I I don't like it is because there's um, very there there it's more being offensive should always be more rewarding, and if you have something that stops defense that stops offense then like this well um there there usually should be a caveat to it um in in tekken they have i think there is in tekken they have well to it you can get grabbed obviously right um Uh, you can't uh you can't deal with a cross-up and uh to leave the shield actually takes a long time Hmm. so if someone is like holding it high you get like an overhead on them and also when you Hit someone who's shielding, you get like a fatal counter. I, I still, one, the thing I don't like about it is that you hold it up. Is it yeah. there? Is it like it lacks a timing level? I, I guess like there are certain assets, like you're right, that there are certain things that get around it, but overall, uh, getting hitting the shield doesn't feel good because your offense gets turned on you and because there's there wasn't any timing involved in it. Like in, in other games, something like this might be like a two or three frame window um in in guilty gear there is i I would say like an almost similar mechanic in guilty gear is instant blocking um instant blocking is when you block on the in in, within the first two frame like you're blocking and within two frames an enemy hits you it's a very that's a tiny window that's two out of 60 frames a second and if you do it then your character flashes white and you don't have the normal amount of blocks done so you can interrupt a combo or punish something that would normally be unpunishable. And it's, I feel like that's kind of similar, but in, in Guilty Gear, obviously, it's so, the window for it is so small that like, people don't currently, and nor I think will they ever use it as a parry. You just try to react to the fact that like, you got the instant block, there's a screen flash, you turn white, and then you know like, I can jab probably out of pressure right here. Um, but you can't do it. it the, the window on it is so difficult that you can't just do it on reaction. In this game, like you're just holding up the shield, so it just feels a little. It feel it, it. It doesn't have a good feeling. Like it rubs me the wrong way. I there's there's ways to deal with it. You, like you are right. I didn't even know about some of the stuff like being able to cross people up and you can grab out of that. But I just don't like the timing, the the, the lack of timing aspect, and I kind of don't like um, that it stops pressure. Yeah, Th- this. Uh, I also I mean, kind of wish that this game had a burst. I, 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 I anime games. The the longer that combos get, the more that I think that there should be a burst. Um, it, it, I, I just feel like it, that's increasingly important to making it feel kind of fair. Um, like if you're getting hit with these, like in anime games, when you get hit with like 15, 20 second long combos, you want at least one of them per round, maybe, uh, to to be able to get out of that. Um, and like turn the the tides and if the the opponent you know thinks about it in guilty gear you know opponents will bait a burst or 
you burst at an obvious time at the start of a combo and they just yeah. they bait it and they get around it then like good for them but having that kind of defensive option kind of is important it, just feeling like every time you get touched in melty blood you're gonna watch a yeah 10 well, second there would long. be there would be a burst but uh the game would have cost 10 more dollars Right. So yeah, that this is this is probably more Melty Blood than we New World is is cheaper than Melty Blood. Is that true? New World is forty forty dollars for, for New World. Uh I, I played a little bit of New World and, and I we didn't even get to it. It's it's okay. Um I I wanna see It's classless, right? It it is classless. I, I don't I don't like that. I don't like that either. And you know that I'm a I'm a class hound. You know, like I'm 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 a cla- I'm a classist. Um I I love classes. That's my favorite thing about MMOs. It's it's what like draws me back to Final Fantasy, despite the fact that I stand by my guns that like the gameplay is severely, severely outdated at this point, is that you get into an instance and like there's a diverse array of casts of of, of, of classes and you see that other class doing something cool and you think like, oh man, that's what like when what level do they get that ability? And that's so cool that this you know, class has access to this unique ability that feels different than every and looks different than everyone else. And their their armor looks different. Their weapon is different. You know, like everything about it is kind of cool. Um, and that kind of like I love that. I love like like you know peeling back the layers on the class, slowly learning like the combos, the intricacies of the class. Meanwhile, see, seeing the other classes and kind of wishing secretly that you could be those too. Um, and this is not that. This is like a I don't even like. I feel like it's more of a Skyrimy kind of thing. I feel like where where you start out and everyone starts out with a shield and a sword, and it's the type of game where you're doing things and you're getting rewarded for doing that thing. Um, like the more you know, you every time you hit an enemy with a sh- with a sword, you get points towards your sword, and then like you get. Landscape. Okay, like or like uh, or Mar- or like Elder Scrolls. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's what I was thinking of is because like those games don't have a traditional class, right? Like, in the, I, I, if I remember correctly, like Skyrim, you just become a magic thief, warrior. Yeah, mage, well, you rogue. choose. You you have like a foundation, and then as you level up, like uh, you know, you use an illusion spell, and then you get points. You level up, and then you could go down the illusion tree. Yeah, so it's the same. Like an illusionist. It's the same yeah. kind of thing. Of like, you have a you have a talent tree for your character, kind of. Or you have like, um, I guess it's more of like a uh, what is it? Special kind of system. The the um, like your your traditional RPG strength, dex, constitution, you know, willpower, whatever, and. Um, you also get rewarded for doing anything with any of the weapons. If you t- attack people with bows, you get more points towards um, going down a bow talent tree. Um, the talent trees are pretty basic. Uh, for sword and shield, there's one that focuses on sword and one that focuses on shield. And then there's like that split. You, you, once you go into one of them, I don't know if you get to start going down the other tree eventually, but uh, uh, right now I, I think I'm locked into going down sword. Um, and yeah, whenever you use a weapon, you're just getting points towards it. It's a very, it's an actionier uh, MMO. Um, it does have like a good feel to like rolling and dodging and like uh, shielding. You have like an amount of energy, um, darks, I guess like a Dark Souls kind of thing where uh, you can block all the damage of an attack, but it, depending on the damage it would do, it does deals a certain amount of energy uh, damage to you, so you can't keep holding up the shield, you know. Um, classic yeah uh the i would also say that like 
I, I think I will, maybe I will return it because not only for the other problems that it presents and the fact that, I, I, again, MMOs are a terrible genre right now, um, and no MMOs have proved otherwise, uh, but it the, the aesthetic of it uh, initially, and I think maybe ultimately overall, is fairly boring. Uh, I, I don't think I've seen an MMO necessarily within this. This is like a a new world it's it's a pilgrim era game of like you know the the, the kind of clothing the ruffled feathers and like steel like steel knight clothes like uh, armor and uh corsets and doublets of those days uh, of the of like you know founding america uh with the kind of clothes you'd imagine yeah early american settlers to have and it has and you're just kind of like in this what 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 also kind of appears to be like a sort of America y like you know yeah. it's a forest kind of that I'm initially starting out in that's on the shore um, and that's a that's, that's a boring aesthetic right that yeah. is boring I haven't it's, seen it's anyone hard to, it's hard for me to think of a more boring I haven't aesthetic. seen anyone do it and the more that I think about it it's like well maybe people haven't done it because it's really boring and nothing about this game from the get go is saying that it'll go otherwise like i i'm i'm all for that like okay like like take bloodborne right uh bloodborne is like it, from a slightly boring time period of like these gothic kind of like i, I maybe not maybe I, I it's less much less boring than than pilgrim era but like bloodborne takes all those kind of like gothic archetypes and it it adds a little extra onto it it like you know they they were smart about um, pushing the aesthetic where they wanted to and then holding it back where, you know, they didn't. And for whatever reason, it, 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 it utilizes that kind of aesthetic, but does something super unique with it. And, like, there's nothing in this game that does. Uh, the, the initial enemies are just these kind of, like, drowned zombies, and you're just wearing, you're just running around uh, attacking people with a sword. And, and so is everyone else, too, because, you again, you all start out with a sword and a shield, and you're just kind of running around attacking people with a sword and a shield. Um, it kind of seems weird in a MMO in the year of our Lord 2021 to, um, start everyone out with the same weapon right away. Uh, it, 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 it gives me a bad taste in my mouth to be running around the shore and everyone is using a sword and a shield. Like, it just, it just kind of weird. Like, there's no classes and I guess that's something that you can do if you want, but it does feel like they should have started you out with like, do you want to use a lance? Do you want to use a... They have lances. An axe. I think, yeah, they have a pole arm. They have a spear. Um, they should, like, they should have started you out with a kind of a choice, maybe like a minor choice yeah. of like one of three weapons, and that the way that you kind of look a little bit unique. But as it is, it's like I'm running around in the initial hour of the game looking exactly like everyone else because everyone follows the exact same path. So everyone gets the same armor um, on the first quest, and everyone gets the same bow. And then everyone gets the same everything. So, like, you're all playing the same game and you all look the same. And there's no reason that I would be, like, pairing up with people or, like, interested in what other people are doing. Um, MMOs just suck, you know? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why, why is this... This could have been a single-player game. This could have been a um, crafting-y kind of, like, a Rust or something or, like, an action well, game. It's very, yeah, it's very, like, PvP, though, right? This game is, like, heavy into PvP. I think maybe it gets there, but I don't know. I maybe maybe eventually the the combat gets somewhere more interesting and you get more PvP, and then that is an aspect of it. I mean, it, it, games can say that they're PvP, but the PvP doesn't have to be good, you know. That's true. 
Um, and and again, yeah, it's boring. Like, imagine a battlefield of just a ton of pilgrims, right? Like, that's what the fuck. The- I've seen some of the PvP, and it's a lot of uh, trying to chase somebody, but you both run the same speed, uh, yeah. So you can't catch them. Okay, that's bad. Yeah. So I play a lot of games. You do play a lot of games. Uh, usually, I usually I'm the one who quietly listens to you as you explain the games you've been playing because you you branch out a little bit more and then i'm like is it my time to talk about valorant yet is it my time to talk about guilty gear and this week i have got some games all right what do you got i've got eastward oh someone is that picking that up that is picking that up not too bad so uh you know it, it it sucks being near a window the light is worth it but the lawnmowers are not um eastward is if it's not the best pixel art game which is an insane stri- which you know that's a pretty wild thing to say um then it's in the top 10 it's it's gorgeous um eastward is a uh beautiful little game by chucklefish and it, uh, the composer amazing soundtrack joel corlitz i had to write these down um it it's a game that uh kind of shares a lot of dna with uh earthbound and zelda uh it's a kind of action uh, RPG, like an isometric uh, action RPG. Um, it's actually not isometric, it's actually top-down, but um, it, it it gets off to, like, a slightly slow start, despite the fact, like, the, the characters, the writing is so cute, the the world yeah. is is incredible. Um, uh, Galloway hates how often I just say the word cute about this game, but it, it, it really is uh, Yeah, I mean, so it cute. looks incredible. Uh, it, it, it's yeah, very, it's I, also very Miyazaki. Like, one of the first characters you meet na- is named yeah. Miyazaki, and you could tell that it has just the, the I, I think Miyazaki is 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 a great reference for it because there's something about Miyazaki of just like the world is so full of little secrets and there's so many things that like you want to almost just like stop it frame by frame to see the kind of like little creations uh, like the little creatures that live there or the uh, kind of makeshift uh, little like gadgets and stuff or there's there's just so many shots of different Miyazaki movies that are like gorgeous and painterly and this game kind of tries for that and and it does a good job like you you kind of start out in this initial underground town of Potcrock Island they call it it's not it doesn't it's not an island but um it's like under the ground and something must have happened a long time ago where the surface world is apparently inhabitable uninhabitable and uh, the kind of town is run by this despot mayor who, uh, the despot mayor of Crockpot, who uh, is like kind of treating people terribly and hoarding a lot of like the wealth and the, the food and stuff. I mean, meanwhile, like everyone else is kind of slaving away in these mines. Um, and uh, yeah, it's an action game. Like uh, yeah. I think I think the first part of it that you I find th- this on Switch. It's on Switch. It's on Steam. I think. The what are you playing it on? I'm playing on Steam. Uh, with the controller, uh, and I would say like the first part of it, the gameplay-wise, kind of uh, I thought was getting a little bit more interesting because in the beginning you're just kind of doing kind of initial Zelda stuff. You're killing enemies. Uh, you're you're using bombs to break past uh, terrain and stuff like that. And there's some kind of you know like every room has like a little like Zelda kind of gimmick, and you, they're usually building on it. Um, uh, you you play uh, two characters, uh, John and Sam. Uh, one is like an older guy wearing a with a must a big bushy mustache and like uh, uh, fuzzy kind of hair and wearing a um, a bubble jacket and then Sam is this like girl uh, with white hair 
who kind of has magic. And the the initial stuff, like, it, it, just, the, just the look of the world and the gameplay is good kind of drew me in, despite the fact that, like, it was kind of par for the course, and then they kind of get into some cool stuff with, like, splitting up the characters, and you're both kind of going down a um, hallway and solving the puzzle for the person on the other side, you know? Uh, so... There's some cool stuff in there. I, I just got out of the... I'm f- four hours in. Um, every I've loved it so far. Uh, it feels like I want to be in the right mood for it. I want to, like... It's, like, usually, like, I'll, like, wind down and play this and have, like, a cup of tea. And I just finally got out of... Like, I don't think it's a spoiler to say because it happens pretty early on. And it, it kind of... You could tell that everything is leading up to um, leaving this initial town. And just the area you're in after that is, like... It's gorgeous. Like, they really managed to make this, like, pixel art just so dense with detail and so vibrant. Um, and just the world is, like, so fascinating. I want to know more about this, like, bizarre post-apocalyptic... It's, it's like, it's post-apocalyptic, but not in the grimy way, not in the the fallout way, in, a, in a, like, a reclaimed land kind of way. You know what I mean? Um, so in, like, a Fallout 76 way. Is it? I mean, I, I Fallout... Well, it's not as glitchy or anything like that. Like, it plays very well. And... Uh, it, it's it's like you know going into it's more maybe more a little bit more of like a Last of Us. I, I'm saying a lot of different games, but but uh, you you also have you know an older guy traveling with like a teenage girl. So maybe um, uh, it, it it has it shares some DNA with Last of Us as well as Miyazaki and Zelda and everything you know. Uh, but it, it, it's like you know you're going through you know an, an abandoned uh, train station and there's you know moss and everything growing everywhere and like light is shining in like it just. I, I kind of love that kind of stuff, that that like reclaimed nature uh, look, and it, and it does that very well. Uh, so it's a great game. I, I really, really highly recommend it. Um, I I, I want to play more of it. I I've not given it as much time because I feel like I play a little bit of it and I, at night when it's like a soothing kind of thing, and then like wind down and get sleepy. But uh, but it's it's great. I really like it a lot. I I'm, I highly recommend it. Have you tried it at, at all? I, I know you were interested in it. I was interested in it, um, and I am looking for a for a Switch game, but I don't know if I'm actually. I'm still playing Monster Hunter Stories too. That's a long game. Oh yeah, wow. Um, and and there's a lot of games that I've been you know just trying to play. One of them is uh, Tales of Arise. Oh yeah, that there's another have you had game. Any time with this? I have had a lot of time with this. I'm like eight hours in. I'm sure there's more to go. This is also the reason why I'm not playing. There is more to go. This is why I'm not playing. There is more to go. This is why I'm not playing eastward quite as much because usually when i turn this on i haven't stopped like i usually play it for like an hour or two um really liking tales of arise tales of arise is such comfort food for me um i I, jrpgs like mmos are largely a stagnant genre um i think the last one i actually played and beat was bravely default of which i i I, despite the fact that i put a lot of time into bravely default persona 5 Oh, yeah, well, Persona 5. Persona 5, I, I almost don't think... You know what's funny? I don't think of Persona 5 as a JRPG because JRPG is, like, synonymous with me, with to me, with uh, just being incredibly rote and boring. Um, it, it, you know, they always do that, like... Uh, <laughs> well, they always do, like, a protagonist, uh, the white male protagonist with a sword and memory amnesia uh, having to save the kingdom from an existential threat kind of thing and uh tales of arise (laughs) stars a white male protagonist with white hair that uses a sword who has amnesia and must save a kingdom from an existential threat uh the 
setup for it is that there, uh, it's it's I, I guess it's planets in a solar system. The another planet had a more advanced race that was able to master space travel, and they flew flew over to this home world of like Donnan, I think, or something, um, to enslave all the that race there and kind of like harvest them for resources, like harvest like magic and ore and stuff like that from that land and subjugate them. And you're so you're playing this like uh, liberation kind of story. You're you're part of like the damn what we don't podcast is, is during the a, day a lot, but what? is this a Star Wars? Uh, story or what's going on? Rebellion? No, it's I, I. I wouldn't say it's a Star Wars story. If you want a Star Wars story, then Final Fantasy twelve is Star Wars. But but uh, oh, that's a good Star Wars right there. Uh, but but uh, but yeah, the, the like the I would say that that like I haven't said anything good about it yet. I don't think I've said anything great about it yet because I, I do think that the the setup and the the writing and like a lot of aspects of the world are pretty paint by numbers. Uh, and I, yeah. I I never I I. That's what I expect from JRPGs. I, I, my, my bar for JRPGs is set so low. Um, but why am I still playing it, and why do I like it, and why did I even download it to begin with? I, I, I've been kind of excited for it because I haven't played a JRPG in a long time, so like it's come back around that I almost kind of wanted to do to like play a JRPG. And, and this one looks good, right? That, like it is like that aesthetically, is. like it it is a real good looking game. I yeah, it's taken me this long to say it, but but I, I would say that like the number one reason that got me interested in it, because I was interested in it beforehand, was that it is like gorgeous. Like th- this is the other side of the Eastward spectrum of like the Eastward and Tales of Rise are two beautiful games, and this is beautiful on like a technical level. Like, I, I didn't touch the, the the settings at all, and it's running at like 120 frames, smooth, never drops a frame. Like, it looks so good. The art style that that, that they've chosen this like almost semi more realistic cell shaded with like dark line outlines and stuff just like looks gorgeous and really lends itself to kind of their their art design is just incredible like the world looks amazing the character designs look amazing um in combat the combat is like just why like really great huge huge animations like just big screen clearing attacks and stuff um so just the game is just like it is yeah. so pleasant to look at it, it's it's definitely one of those games where uh you play it because to go to the next area you're like oh this is really cool this area's got a cool design i like what they're doing with this area and then like you want to see more of this world um, and just like discover more of this world because it just it it looks so it's like a piece for the eyes. Um, and then the other thing that's not hurting it at all is that the combat is really good. Um, it's they're leaning into much more tales have has always been a little bit more action packed than um, than turn based or anything like that. It's always had been like free float form um, combat, and uh, I think they do a really good job with it in this one. And they even kind of like start off it, it feels like this is the way jrpgs have been going right i it, mean with it feels the, like it but this is like maybe a, seven and this is maybe like a pinnacle of it i did so i played final fantasy 7 and final fantasy 7 is even more like turn-based and less actiony than this like i think if you just stand in front of an enemy you auto attack and then you get to like men- choose from a menu um what you know materia what what abilities you want to use and um in in this game uh when you're playing 
you you don't even have an auto attack button you have like like uh for for on controller it's like right bumper is the attack and you have like a three or four hit kind of combo and then you have you can only have a certain number of abilities at uh like on the character at one time um for at least for the main character uh alfin that you you have uh like an ability map to the face button and then also while you're airborne you get have access to other abilities that are like airborne abilities and i think even from the very beginning the game kind of starts out with pretty smooth feeling combat like if you deal enough damage or hit an enemy with like an elemental weakness you can do stuff like knock them up in the air and then do like air combos and it's very freeform like everything cancels into everything so without being kind of explained it you can just feel like i'll do a three hit combo and then after the three hit combo there's a uh like a, a small window where like if you're mashing it he's not doing it again you have to wait for like him to do the, recom- the the combo again. So you could just do like the three hit combo, cancel like after the last hit, cancel that like that minor um, like rest animation before you could do the three hit combo again into like an uppercut, and then you're in the air, and then you can do like an air combo or do your like air abilities. So it feels it feels really good. Like it, it's pretty fun to play. Um, I, I fought the the first boss is is okay, but there's like this kind of second boss where. I died during it, and it really wants you to, like, dodge roll and understand the attacks yeah. and dodge roll the attacks. How, how are you feeling about the difficulty in general? Do you feel like it's smooth? Is it too easy? So Do you far, remember if there are difficulty levels? Um, I think that... I feel like there are difficulty levels. I think there is, there are, and I think I started on just normal. Um, I would say, overall, I feel like the difficulty is is pretty good. Like, I'm not dying to any of the, the trash mob stuff, but uh, one of the kind of... A kind of cool mechanic that they use is this CP, um, cure points. And uh, whenever you're uh, to use healing abilities, you have a stock of like a team wide stock of cure points. Um, and, and to use like big healing abilities, and I guess like revives to like use up a lot of this, um, you use it. And as you're going, you know, in the open world, like, you're slowly losing it, and you get them back when you rest, um, when you, like, rest at a campfire or go to an inn. So um, you're kind of, like, meant to be juggling that, uh, like, you're, like the more you're getting hit or the more you're screwing up, the more um, cure points you're using. And then they're also, weirdly enough, used for things out in the world. Um, so an example... Oh, what do you mean? So you can... So there's a couple different uh, examples I've seen so far. Like, there's... Uh, there's in, in the initial kind of like one of the major initial dungeons you're in, um, there's walls of fire and you can absorb it, but there's you have to absorb it using your cure points. So um, as you're in this dungeon, you're kind of having to juggle like every time I get hit or the more I just if I fight every single monster, I'm going to naturally get hit. I'm going to naturally be using more healing um, and then to bake, break down these like fire barriers to go to like you know the extra side paths and get a little like extra chest for armor or um uh there's a lot of co- there's a ton of cosmetics in this game i think it's pretty cool you can like you find these little owls and they give you there's also a lot of like dlc for cosmetics there is right? a ton of dlc for cosmetics too um and uh so so yeah so for in this particular dungeon like you're absorbing walls of fire and you're able to get like you know stuff on the other side like treasure chests or uh, things out in the world that like drops or you know uh, weapons and stuff like that and then um, later on I've also seen like I had a quest for 
uh, finding someone out in the open world and healing them, which required a certain amount of cure points. And uh, then they would come back to town and like you'd finish the quest. And then there was, uh, I saw a like ice wall and I had to break the ice wall with the cure points. So you're kind of like, you have this mechanic of like the more you're fighting or the more times you're making mistakes and using healing, the less you might be able to like get, explore the side paths. Um, Cause especially some of like the best stuff is hidden behind these like walls you have to kind of use this this uh this pool of points for that is both healing and exploration so so i think that's a that's a somewhat kind of cool mechanic but i would say overall like yeah it just it it is just like a polished to a sheen gorgeous looking really good playing jrpg and 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 the jrpg aspects of it the the story of it is not particularly new um, and they're not doing anything particularly unique, but I guess it's just, it, it's, it's well-written. It's like, it, it's handled well and it's paced well. So, so like it kind of, it doesn't matter as much. Uh, I, I, I've been thinking about playing this game. I've been thinking about how it reminds me of, of Final Fantasy 12 and Final Fantasy 12, um, was actually, was an actioner JRPG, but story-wise it, it was just like a mess of like, it, they hit you all with all these, dis- these jargon terms that um that that get so you know muddled in the beginning and they don't do a good job of like explaining what is ultimately an extremely complicated world so like it makes it hard to follow when characters are talking in like tons of jargon and there's also a ton of dialogue for this game i kind of appreciate i increasingly i kind of appreciate if if you're not going to tell an, an amazing story knowing how to be to to have brevity is i think important is like if if the cutscenes and the character dialogue only lasts for like 30 seconds and characters get to the meat of what they're they want to talk about um then even if it's kind of basic stuff then you can still follow along and kind of care but when you know, I, I think one of the other problems with JRPGs is this, you know, moving towards these, like, long, overblown, tons of dialogue, just just going through tons and tons of dialogue to the point where you just, like, start wanting to skip. And then as you're skipping, you're missing things, you're slowly getting divested, like, like less invested. I don't think divested is a word. I've been playing Scrabble recently. Um, but, like, so so that matters. Like, they're, it matters that they're, that they're taking this, this basic setup and they're just handling it well. Um, so that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm a... I'm really digging that game. It's very fun to play. It is just gorgeous. It looks great. Traversing the world feels good. It's like there's so many like little quality of life things. I would say like there's like a you know there's like walking and running and both of it moves and feels pretty fast and there's really not loading screens like you you see the enemies on the outside of the world. This isn't like a random encounter thing. You you walk up to them. Um, and you, you, you start combat and it's, it's really snappy. Like you're in the combat right away. The combat feels good. You're out of the combat right away and you're, you're exploring like everything about the game. Just like, it is so polished. It is so like mirror sheen, you know, like it works phenomenally well. Um, it kind of, it was also good because I started playing this after I played another game recently, Deathloop. Which I really like. Oh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to and, Deathloop. And we we got to play that at the. We got to talk about that one at the end. Um, and I would just say that, like, I, I thought about it in terms of Deathloop because Deathloop was so unoptimized originally when I when it like first initially playing it is like it it was very stuttery and uh, the frame rate was very inconsistent. And now going to this, like, I just appreciate that like the game both is like 
absolutely gorgeous. Like it looks incredible, great art style, and it just runs like a dream. Like it's it's like it it, it I have not I haven't seen it drop a frame. Like it just it feels like it is so buttery smooth. And it just, it, it just looks great. I just, like, I, I turn this game on and I just, like, it just feels like it, like, melts. Like, it, it just melts. Like, I just, it looks amazing. It's it's almost, like, hard to put it down sometimes because I just, I, I actually, I rarely find myself in a JRPG, especially one the standard, uh, just, like, playing and then not just, like, getting to the next, uh, you know, save point and just stopping. It, it should also be said that this game, uh, the quality of life is great. There's no save points. Um, you just save wherever. Um, so. And you like. I like that. So I'm just like, so it, it almost, because actually because of the, there might be something there because there's no save points. So maybe instead of like, you get to a save point, you're like, do I want to keep playing? How much longer till the next save point? Is it going to be cutscenes, a lot of enemies? I don't know. But this game, it feels like you can really, because you can save anywhere, um, it really feels like you can just turn it on and just like play as much as you want. And maybe you get to, to you know, a good stopping point. Like, oh, I saw a major cutscene. I fought a major boss. I went to a camp. Um, things slowed down for a little bit, characters are talking, now would be a good time to turn it off. But then you're just like, I could go a little bit longer. You know, I could, I could get into a few fights in the open world. I just got a new, um, like, ability for my character. I want to see what that looks like in combat. Um, or just, like, new weapons or something. I want to see what that looks like in combat. Um, so it ends up, like, the fact you can save and, anywhere. And abilities are tied to weapons, right? They're not. They're not, okay. For some reason I thought they were. Um, weapons will have, like, elemental abilities. The abilities are learned on, like, this... I don't want to say sphere grid because it doesn't work like a sphere grid. There's no... Um, you just earn, like, uh, characters, like, you know, perk points. I don't even know what the... I'm sure they have a name. Um, you earn characters, like, perk points, and they... Un and as time goes on, some of them... It's, it's kind of a cool system. Some of them are unlocked by... Through leveling up. Some of them are unlocked. Uh, they're, they're, you, you basically get these like rune grids, um, and you don't need to uh, you don't need to do anything specific. Like none of them are linked to like you must like a like a like a Path of Exile or a Final Fantasy X sphere grid where you must go from one to the other and you're going down this this list. You're just unlocking these like basically it's like a circle that has these nodes on it. Um, and you can you can unlock and once you unlock that circle, you, you that like glyph or whatever, um, you can unlock any of the nodes on it. And the nodes will be stuff like your basic, um, you know, more extra attack or situational things like when you're low on health, you do more attack or sometimes there are even more major things of like you have more, you know, magic or ability points. Um, and some of them are abilities. Some of them are like actual attacks, um, uh, you know, like I just got a. Um, an uppercut that I could replace my old one with, but does wind damage. So that's good for fighting things weak to wind, worse for fighting things that resist wind. Um, but it also is like another one of these like rising attacks that will like hit the enemy up in the air and, and uh, I can combo them from there. That uh, sounds, yeah, this sounds all very exciting. I'm, I'm interested in, in getting into this. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so like I said, some of it is, is it, you, you're, you're slowly unlocking these like glyphs. And some of them are based on doing things. So, for example, uh, like I did enough cooking with one character, and then like overnight, like it popped up that like like then you get like a you get, like it stops, it goes to that character's like perk tree, and like a new ring of these like perks unlocks. Um, and so yeah, you, and you don't need to like I said before, like it's not like a, a tree. You don't have to go from anything. You could just start unlocking anything. So just like as you're both doing things in the world or progressing the story or like something important happens to a character, then it might just unlock a new little part of the tree for them. 
Uh, so I and I and yeah, I just been I've been digging it. It's that's awesome. I I, I feel like as I'm playing it, it, it feels like the kind of game that I could finish. That is exciting. You know what game I'm going to finish is Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous, a, a game of the year contender and possibly uh, well, definitely the best Dungeons and Dragons RPG I've ever played. Uh, I like it more than Divinity, uh, Pillars of Eternity. Um, I, I love, love this game. I'm 50 hours into it. I just hit Act 3, uh, which is where the game opens up. Uh, so I, I think we already talked about like how crazy the class system is. And I've still just been like loving my class and like loving my characters. Uh, and, and it's like looking through like the list of classes and stuff. Like you're not just a shaman, you know, you're a possessed shaman, a shadow shaman, a spirit warden, a witch doctor. You could be a scald. I don't even know what a scald is. Uh, you, you're not just a fighter. You could be a mutagen warrior who is like a, a warrior plus an alchemist who creates concoctions that he drinks to like get buffs in battle. You could be like, you. oh my God, you could be a cavalier and, and just ride around on a horse. You could be a, a monk that transforms into a fox. This game really like runs the gambit on, on letting you be any type of class that you could imagine. Uh, just like the Pathfinder system, it is it is so impressive to me uh, that they were really able to capture all of this. Uh, and I and I can say this like confidently because I've put so much time into this game, and I'm only I'm not I'm maybe halfway through it, probably more like a third of the way through it. Of just saying like th this game feels as as deep as it is vast. You know what I mean? I'm surprised that you're not all over this, considering how uh, class. Cla I see it is. Yeah. Um, so, well, in the beginning, it, the, the class stuff is like initially pretty weak, which obviously um, that makes sense. That's just how it is. But one, one thing that I've also been really excited about is just that I keep finding cool shit uh, for my characters. Like, and, and I'm continuously given ways to role play the character that I want to be playing. Um, and it's cool that people like, are acknowledging you know there's like so many races and so many classes but that doesn't stop the game from acknowledging what my race is and what my class is and giving me special conversations because of the fact that i chose like a, a strange race and, and i think that that's that's been really cool uh so there is some weird stuff uh that you know is kind of just like it, it is what it is Part of it is that uh, I think that there are, I, I think, maybe 10 companions in the game. Maybe there's more, uh, but, but roughly I've seen, like, maybe around 10 companions. And you can't change the class on any of the story companions. So you are kind of set to the fact that one of them is a Hell Knight. One of them is a Cleric. One of them is the same class as me, an Oracle. Uh and, and, you know, like, there's not much that you could do about that, but uh, the game does let you recruit. And just, like, instead of choosing the characters that come with you, you could pay a sum of money uh, to invite a new character along, uh, in which case you get to build them from the ground up. However, those characters don't have uh, the story beats that the uh, other characters would have. And that's not to say that you really miss out on that. Like, those characters... 
the companions are still like hanging out with you. You still like see them. They hang out in the camp. They like give you their opinions on things that are going on. Uh, but, but that is worth noting, right? That and because of that, and, and you know, there, again, there's not much you can do about this. But because there is so much diversity in weapons, uh, you're going to run into a lot of weapons that sound really awesome, but there's no way that your party could use them because you don't actually like have a character that can that can use it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I have this like I found this cool weapon. It's it was called Honorable Judgment, and it is a gnome hooked hammer. That is the weapon class, uh, and it and it, it essentially has this cool effect of uh, if if you are if your character is a lawful alignment, the first hit that they land against any chaotic alignment deals extra like holy damage, and it's also like. An enhanced weapon. It, it's got all of these like interesting properties uh, that I'll never be able to use because I don't have anyone that knows how to use a, a gnome hooked hammer or an elven curved sword or even like a, a javelin. But but on the flip side of that, there have been occasions where I found a, an item that is like super specialized that's that's perfect for one of my characters. Uh, I found like my my whole character is based on uh, being like an angel of fire. And I recently found a ring of pyromania that makes it so that uh, uh, I just deal extra fire damage with every spell cast. And also I get bonuses on like penetrating fire resistance. Uh, I I found this really interesting crossbow. My character is an oracle. The whole deal with an oracle is they have a curse. And I found a crossbow called the crossbow of oracle's misery and whenever i hit someone with it they take on my curse so there's been cool stuff like that and and separate from all of this is just how good like the actual role playing has been And, and part of that is because they have this mythic path system where you know you have your alignment of like good evil evil lawful chaotic but Second to that, there's also these different mythic paths, uh, some of which are secret. But at the start, they introduce you to like angel and demon. And later on, you get things like trickster, uh, Aeon, Azada. Azada is like a chaos-based one. Uh, You could be a lich. There is, if you go down like this, there is a way to unlock one where you become uh, the swarm that walks where essentially you become one with the insects and then your entire army is based around like carrying this plague and bringing the plague to like your enemies. There is one where uh, eventually you can commune with a dragon and there is just one where eventually you can become like a, a legendary hero. So there are all these different mythic paths and they are unlocking different like story options. They're unlocking different Obviously, like different abilities, like the abilities that you get, like widely change. Like in addition to your class, this is like a whole other system of spells and considerations. But also, as you progress through the game, you unlock this army management part of the game where you're because you are uh, helming a crusade uh, against like an army of demons. So you become the leader of this crusade and you start to lead armies where you're getting generals, you're putting like different types of units in those armies and depending on your mythic path you're getting different ones so i'm an angel so i could you know get some angelic units in there you could be an evil character i have no idea 
what the story looks like or how things go if you're evil. My, my playthrough, like, it just made sense to play the angel mythic path because my character is literally like an ASMR, which is like an angel-touched uh, race of humans. So, yeah, there's this whole aspect that goes on of trying to reconstruct the city, of managing your army. So there's all these extra, like, systems outside of also just playing the role-playing game where you're managing all of this other stuff. And it, one thing that's pretty nice is if you don't really care about doing this and you don't want to do the whole military thing, the game will automate it for you. It, like, at the press of a button, you could just be like, I don't care about any of this. Automate this whole system. I just want to I just want to do the role-playing. Then that's an option. And, and, and I've been really impressed so far with the... Uh, difficulty level of this game and part of that is just because it's extremely variable and i feel like at the outset of the game i chose like the things that sort of like mattered to me like the way that i want to play the game where i want uh the enemies to use like a really broad array of attacks so that i would have a lot of things to consider but as a result maybe deal a little bit less damage to me uh i don't want permadeath uh I don't my, want my teammates to get one shot by a critical hit, so I made it so that uh, I do suffer from critical hits, but uh, I don't, like... I have mine, like, 0.5, or, like, a, a bonus multiplier or whatever. Yeah, same. So I've just been really impressed with uh, just, like, how flexible the game has been. Uh, it, it also does feel like a game that I could pretty much play at my own pace. Uh, the only knocks that I have against it are... Well, the companion thing where it's like I just wish that I could like completely change the class of my companions because I want to have the companions around. Uh, like I want to have the story companions because they have, you know, good personalities. Like I like their input and I like their, you know. But but I just wish that maybe I could have a, a barbarian or something instead of a shaman mm -hmm. at some point. And that would be cool. And the other thing is that uh, hot bar management. And there are mods that sort of like will fix this for you where you could have like a, a thing that says like, these are all of my attacks. These are all of my buffs. These are all of my heals. These are all of my, you know, uh, ultimately at some point your hot bar gets very crowded and it would be nice if there was some easier way of managing that outside of installing a mod because it, it's been this case of like, well, now my character's level nine, so I should go through and see which which of these spells is weak or can be replaced with a stronger version of the spell so I could take it off of my hotbars. And, and I think that that so far, just like the micromanaging of the hotbars has been the one thing uh, that has been pretty obnoxious. Hmm. That, that well, that's a, that's a minor thing. By. Yeah, and I mean, it's something that could be easily solved by playing a different class. I'm playing as a... The, the whole idea of the Oracle is that um, they get access to, like, a ton of spells, but they get a limited amount of casts of them per day. So it, it, that's just been, like, you know, it's a... There's just so many options. Like, it, it's just hard to choose what to what to keep and what to toss. And it's it's hard to know what you're going to need. And, and I guess I'm interested in, in finding out, like, they, they have this whole flexible system of like different types of abilities and spells but this campaign is specifically dealing with like demons and I'm, I'm wondering if like is are the systems here actually balanced around the campaign or are you just supposed to assume that like okay since i'm fighting demons uh these types of approaches won't work 
because there's so many demons. Like maybe maybe fire isn't great, right? Because the demons have resistance to fire. And maybe if you were to choose a build that was more based around electricity, I don't know, uh, that there would be something, you know, that that, that would be a better option. Uh, and that's something that I don't know yet. Uh, my understanding is that uh, Kingmaker, which came before Wrath of the Righteous, was a little bit more of like a traditional fantasy. This one is more of like a, a dark fantasy where it is just like you battling it out with demons mm-hmm. as opposed to going against like ogres and, and trolls and things like that and dragons. Uh, so I don't know. But I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. I think it's, uh, well, it's, yeah. a, it's a role-playing game. I got Pet Cemetery. I got World Flipper. We could have oh, man. we could have mentioned Flipper. that in the uh, World Flipper did uh, made a ton of money. World Flipper Global made two point five million in its first month. Um, World Flipper that, that doesn't sound like a lot of money. That's pretty Maybe good. It is. That's pretty good. I'm well. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, World Flipper is a uh, gotcha pinball game, which is a very unique setup. I wish that they went further with that setup than they did. Um, but it's a gotcha pinball game by Psy Games, and Psy Games is Dragalia Lost. Uh, I think that they're owned by Nintendo, and uh, this is like a very famous mobile publisher, um, generally known for being um, very fair to their um, constituents, like their patrons, um, and giving out customers? a lot of their customers. Well, patrons, uh, you know, uh, works fine. But uh, but uh, they're they're usually one of the most um, like giving and and uh generous uh, generous you're 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 finding my words thank you um they're usually the mo- one of the most generous of the mobile game companies a lot of other games it's it actually is kind of happening this month in times with uh genshin impact where mihoyo used to be kind of known for being a pretty generous mobile game company but i kind of fell off of genshin impact not only because i thought that their writing was suffering um which was probably one of my favorite things but for kind of a similar reason that that you did in a way, and that is that the game is it's so uh, you don't really get the the currency very quickly. Even if you're grinding for like a long time, you don't really expect to get a lot of the currency, which means that you won't get to roll on a lot of the banners or get the characters. And Genshin Impact is a game that more than maybe other games, maybe more than other a lot of other mobile games, because other mobile games. You know, you get a character and it might have a cool kit or something, but it's not an action game. Like Genshin is an is an actionier game, so you kind of want to have these fun characters to play. And the characters they start out with are very boring. Um, they only give you like one ten roll, and then they they for events they're very stingy. So I kind of like that was a kind of a big reason of falling off of like I just felt like I was kind of interested in some of the new big characters that they're coming out with, the new five stars, but I didn't want to keep paying a lot of money for it. And also because the pity chance is low, there's all these other problems with it. Um, for Interworld Flipper, and and I was gonna say how like oh have you heard any of the big Genshin stuff like the Genshin Impact community for the year? Um, Isn't there like boycott? They, or well, like review. It's like the, the anniversary, the first anniversary or something like that, and they are like uh they are down. They are one star review bombing every other uh, Genshin and every mobile game. So like FGO and World Flipper and uh, Epic Seven and Destiny Child and stuff. So like all these other the like tons Destiny's of Destiny's Child. It's a yeah, it's a mobile game. Nice. It, it has nothing to do with with Destiny's Child. If you say so. It doesn't. Um. And so 
they the, the community is just horrible um terrible community it's gotten out of control and now they're like review bombing other games because mihoyo is not been generous to them and to those people i honestly say like obviously you're a trash human being obviously you probably know that but the fact that you didn't know that mihoyo wasn't going to give you good rewards for the first year when have they given you good rewards they this usually mobile games the initial like when you first start playing especially when the game like launches they just throw tons of currency at you so you could do a lot of rolls and then get comfortable with it get a get a good base of it and also maybe you kind of get that itch that gambling itch for genshin impact they just they're so goddamn stingy to enjoy that game at all you have to pay money and if you are a fan of genshin impact and you're not paying money and you're surprised that there was a bad first year anniversary rewards that's on you don't go don't go review bomb a, another better game than yours you horrible human being whatever so world flipper is a pinball gotcha um it has the whole gotcha element of rolling 10 pulling on uh you know different banners for characters and the characters have um elemental affinities and abilities um I, I, the, the first like couple hours of playing this game i was pretty enraptured with it because like the it was so kind of cool and it felt like infinite possibilities for a pinball gotcha of like there's nothing that's been like that and um it's cool how every stage can just be built differently and you can you know think of like all these different interesting ways about building your team and um different elemental advantages and equipment and stuff like that but the more and more i've played the more that like First of all, there's a the auto play is very good. Um, I think most people have said like ultimately the auto play is better at reacting to things than a human would generally be. Um, so the auto play is is very good, and it just gets to the point where pretty quickly where you're just autoing stages. And there's a lot of things that that I know that like pinball players would want. They were talking a, a fair amount about about this on the the Giant Bomb cast. And Jeff Gersman's a big fan, and he was kind of disappointed by the fact that you um, can only you move both of the flippers at the same time, um, and uh, it just it doesn't feel like a good pinball game. Even even like five, six, ten hours in that I that I am, um, I've been playing for like a month, uh, like a, like you know thirty minutes a day sometimes, like but mostly on auto. Uh, I, I kind of dropped it recently because. It just doesn't feel like a good pinball game. It doesn't get to the point where the stages are very small. Um, I would think it would be kind of cool if, like, on bosses, there was some of that extra crazy pinball stuff and, like, ramps that go up to little areas, and you have to get, you know, the pinball up here, and then the boss is up on the ramp, and you have to hit a weak spot at another, you know, hit a perfect shot to hit a weak spot to be able to hit the boss. Like, there's so many things that I can think of that would be creative, but instead, instead it really just is, like, you do one room that has enemies placed around it and then you pinball them to death and then you do another room and it's a boss and the boss has like a shield and it asks you to hit it on weak spots and like the most it ever gets is like oh you want to you know uh shoot your pinball character behind the boss and bounce off the back where the weak spot is it feels like there's so many ways that this game could have been really interesting um all the characters travel in a line uh if if instead you had three the characters were three different like balls and you were able yeah. to like kind of react and like you know be you know be really skillful and like i'm gonna send one up here 
right now. I'm going to time it so that they hit the weak spot. Meanwhile, I'm waiting for this other person to fall down and I'm going to hit them at the boss. You know, like there's so many things I can think of that be creative, but the game just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. I, 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 you play more of it than I do. So I defer to your expertise, but, but you like pinball and like, it doesn't feel, yeah, but that doesn't matter because this isn't a pinball game. Yeah. I mean, this game is more like a marbles game. It's weird that it has the setup for pinball, but it just doesn't follow through, you know, like it's just not, it's not a good pinball game. It it never, it never even remotely gets to being a decent pinball game. And really it's just a gotcha game where you're collecting them and then you auto the levels like you would never i I hope that someone like looks at this game like a game developer and says i could make a better version of this yeah because i'd love to play like a pinball rpg sort of like puzzle quest but like a pinball game yeah and something like this that would be neat i'm popping because it is a it is a good idea it is but this is uh this ain't it yeah you know you can expect things to be you know, devoid of creativity. Side Games is a huge company. They've done really well with Dragalia Lost, and that has a very dedicated fan base. I really thought that, like, World Flipper was supposed to be, like, you know, set the world on fire, flip the world on fire, and, uh, you know, it came out big in Japan, and then there was, like, a big scandal where they, like, came out with a busted... The first kind of, like, in the first month, they released a banner for this unit that was really busted and everyone wanted to roll on it because it like changed the game. It was like so important. You had to have this unit with you all the time. And then they nerfed it because they were like, you know, this is boring. Like everyone's using the same thing and like it's destroyed kind of the creativity of team making. And then the fans like rioted and, and like review bomb the game. Mobile fans are a little bit they're They're, they're that, you know, they're that like kind of homestuck group of like, you, you usually hear about mobile fans in terms of, like, them sending death threats or, like, uh, you know, harassing a voice actor or review bombing a game because they didn't get their way. Like, ugh, a disgusting bunch. Um, and, like, and, like, I like gotchas. Like, I, I am our resident gotcha player. Like, I am still playing Epic 7, and I, play, I try out these gotchas, and just mobile fans are like MMOs, you know, they or JRPGs, they suck. And you can always you can always expect a mobile fan to let you down. Fair enough. Yeah, so that's a, that's all that needs to be said about World Flipper. It's not a it's not a good it's neither a good gotcha nor is it a good pinball game. Do not Any uh, any other non-death loop games? Um I've been telling you all week about how much I've been thinking about Pet Cemetery 2019, which is the worst yeah. the worst uh. movie I've ever seen. I just I had to get it on the podcast. I I read Pet I I, I read Pet Cemetery and thought like this is the, the one of the Stephen dark, King Stephen King Pet Cemetery. I thought this is one of the darkest things I've ever darkest of any media I've ever seen. Like it's so dark that I thought that what happens in Pet Cemetery I thought that I would know it by cultural osmosis that I it, it, it I not know I feel like not knowing Pet Cemetery is would have should have been similar to not knowing about the Darth Vader thing like you don't have to have watched Star Wars to have the to, to know the one of the big major twists of it and with Pet Cemetery something happens that le- like like kind of the, the the second half of it is so incredibly dark that the fact that like an American author wrote it and published it and that it's a popular uh it's a, it's a somewhat popular book from an extremely popular American author that has a 1989 movie and a 2019 movie. You think that I would know cuz it's so dark. 
It's so dark. And so I finished the book and I'm like, you know, Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery was so deep on my mind. It was like, I kind of want to watch a movie adaptation of this because it's so fucked up. It's so beyond fucked up. So I watched a 2019 movie and it, I cannot get out of my head that it's probably like the worst thing I've ever sat down to watch. It's it's It goes beyond that, like you reading something and you're disappointed by the movie adaptation of it because like it just goes... It, it, it may they, halfway through like the, the initial setup is bad the characterization is bad the characters playing the character like the, the actors i feel like do a bad job of acting john lithgow is judd and judd is supposed to be this like nice calm character that like is this like older person but is like so wise of the world and they even say how the main character lewis kind of begins to think about uh judd as kind of the father he never had and like Judges are so calm and nice and incredible and wise. And John Lithgow plays the character kind of as this like old man down the road that like, oh, don't don't go talk to Judd. He's he's a you know, he he does weird things. We don't know. Like, you know, you and we don't know about him. He's he's a, he's a he's a loose cannon. We don't know if he's if, if do you feel that's the the actor's fault, though, or do you feel like that's just what he was uh, dealt? I mean, it this portion of it, like the like the the writing is horrendous, and also the pacing is terrible. Like, th- there's a an, an early on in the book, there there's a kid, the, the, the character, mm. you know, the family moves to this this house to get away from the rush of things and f- to be able to spend more time. And he's a doctor. Um, he goes to this university. And he's like the school, like campus doctor at the university. And then on like the first day of school, this character gets hit by a, uh, a uh, someone gets hit by a car and like dies with these like massive open wounds and like his brain is exposed and stuff. And in the movie, it kind of like happens right away. And I don't think that they ever explain what Lewis really is. There might be like a throwaway dialogue of like, oh, you have your first day of work tomorrow at the campus and you're a doctor. But like, you know, they, they move into the house and then it just like cuts, jump cuts to like them at the the clinic. And then they're like, hey, a guy got hit. And like it happens like very just way too quickly and right away. Like it's it's some of the the initial problem with the first half of the movie is that they don't establish anything and they get too quickly into things. And then the second half, they make a choice to not kill a character that they were going to kill and kill a different character. And then from then it's just like off the rails of like they just stop following the book remotely and it just gets into like comedy schlock b movie like like you just think of like them playing like it's real it's real bad like grungy songs over it just like like rock songs and like zombies and like they're bleeding and like vomiting i feel so bad for people who want to hear death loop conversation I just want to. I just want people who hear who want to hear Deathloop conversation to know that the 2019 Pet Cemetery is the worst thing I've ever sat down to watch because it's not even funny bad. It's just fucking horrible. It's horrible at every turn. It's it's horrible, horribly written, acted, horribly horrible cinematography. Um, it 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 also like it like looks fake. Like they go into when they go into the woods, it looks green screened. It like it, this is a 2019 movie. Why is that happening? Um, COVID. So there's better things than Pet Cemetery, um, because everything is better than September. Neil Breen, his movies are funny and they're horrible and funny. You know, The Room is horrible and funny. This movie is just serious and bad, but uh, uh, Death Loop is not. And wow, Death- what a what a transition. It's a that's a segue 
the the segway killed the, the I, 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 this is a giant bombism too the segway killed the the person who made the segway died on a segway and this was a, a murderous segway that i just did a segway that was went too fast and and could have uh given us whiplash but uh here so we are death loop it's a it's another one of these time loop games it's not really another one of these time loop games time loop game. well there have been a lot of them recently. this is an arcane studios this is dishonored this is dishonored uh what did they do besides dishonored did they do prey people love talking did. about prey i think they did uh yeah so we we had 12 minutes we had forgotten city i i feel like there was another one on top of those and death loop I don't remember what the third one is, but yeah, so Deathloop came out. People have been anticipating this, and I feel like in a lot of the uh, uh, like preview materials, it was really hard to understand what type of game this was. It wasn't clear if this was going to be a PvP game, if this was going to be some sort of roguelike, and I feel like I didn't really understand until it came out and played it what it was going to be. Uh, so it is this sort of so it is a first-person shooter. It is essentially this entire island is living the same day over and over, and your character remembers most of the events uh, from previous loops, uh, whereas most other people don't actually remember anything. So for everybody on the island, it is their first day in the time loop, of which they assume. Uh, there will be many. Yeah. I, so, so before I, I just I actually love this setup, and it's really dark to me. Um, the, I, I use an example of like there's this there's this initial thing on in like the early part of the game where you're like sneaking into this control room. Um, but I mean it's not early because you, you 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 loop like throughout you do the day over and over again. But you you're 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 being chased by these eternalists um, the, who are like the the uh, fodder, the henchman on the island, and they're talking to like one of the big bosses, uh, which I guess we'll we'll, we'll get into uh, in a moment. Um, and they're talking to one of the bosses, and the boss is like, "This one henchman's an idiot. Uh, kill him." And then the two henchmen kind of turn on the henchman, and they're about to shoot him, and they're like, "No big deal, dude. Like, uh, like we'll we'll kill you, but you'll be back tomorrow. No big deal." But it happens every day because every every bad thing that happens, like, I, it's funny to feel bad for them, but like. Everyone is stuck in a time loop, and they're always going to redo the action unless given a different stimulus, right? So, yeah. so without intervention, they will always kill the person in the first couple hours of the day. And the person will never experience the rest of the day because they always think that they're like, they're like, well, yeah, we'll kill you, but you'll be back tomorrow. Like the boss said to, to, to kill you. And they kill him, and that's it. This person will never experience the rest of the day. They never live through the day. They always get shot. I just think that, like, it's kind of insane, and it's, like, something worth keeping in mind for, like, the rest of this game of, like, everyone is caught in the time loop. They always act the same way unless you intervene or something. So you got to save them all. You could, right? That's that, the point yeah, of the game. Yeah, you got to save, save the, the save the Eternalists. You know, I thought there would be something. I, I in, in in this particular example, I killed the two people who were going to kill the person. I thought that there would be like a dialogue option of like, "Oh, you saved me. Thank you. Like, who are you? Can I like, can I help you a little bit? Like, you you saved my life." No, they just all shoot at you. Whatever. Well, yeah. So the whole crux of this game is that you are trying to kill. Uh, these eight visionaries. The visionaries are sort of like the figureheads of the island. And if you can kill all eight of them uh, for whatever reason, the 
time loop has the opportunity to end. Yeah, I mean, they go into it a little bit. The 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 time loop is like a rift in time or something, but they split up the like components of the time loop somehow. They broke it up into these like slabs uh, that like manipulate reality and gave them to these um, eight like technically like seven visionaries, I guess. And then there's like an eighth one that it, that hunts you. Um, and the idea is that. To break the time loop, you have to un- make the time loop unstable, and that killing the visionaries unstabilizes the time loop. So once you've killed every single one of them, um, you would you would be able to like ha- you know manipulate the time loop or destroy the time loop. Um, and the and the and the the caveat is that there are four areas of the island, uh, the four distinct areas of the island, and then there are four times of day: um, morning, noon, afternoon, and night. Um, and the areas change kind of as with with each time so you kind of have like like a distinct like what like 16 different um uh parts of the like of the map right something like that yeah um and uh the kind of main thing that you're doing other than like you know is you're doing a lot of arcane studios things um uh you're you you have a you you get like a blink um you you pick up guns um you are doing a lot of like reading sneaking around stealthing reading papers um on the on on desks you know yeah um and uh you're trying to figure out the it, it kind of is like an oceans 11 thing um that's the way i would best describe it of like you're trying yeah. to you're trying to you have seven visionaries that are split up across the island and only make themselves available at different times. Um, uh, you need to be able to kill all of them in the course of one day. So the plan kind of is learning about the world, learning about how to manipulate the world, and learning how to like deal with these visionaries. You're going to have to... There's no way physically, because they're all split up, there's no way physically that in four separate times of a day you would be able to go to all the places you need to to kill to kill all of them. And there's and there's also this loop protection protocol which is uh the, the visionaries know that you're trying to kill them and they know that if you could kill them all that the loop will end. So there are rules in place where they are not supposed to be in the same place at the same time. Yeah. So um a lot of the game just becomes about figuring out the island finding about the relationships of the characters and finding out ways to like in some cases you know kill them while you're not even around um like have something you know go horribly wrong for one of the visionaries um or just get more of them into the same room kind of and just figure out different things about it so so like you play this kind of oceans 11 thing and you keep being able to kind of once the 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 weakest part of the game like is the beginning it's it's i i think like almost kind of bad because the fir- the initial loop is extremely handholdy um they just tell you where to go they tell you to do one thing you kind of get it done and you also initially aren't able to like you know save any of your equipment or um you you don't start out with any abilities so it's kind of a, it's a, it's a little bit boring and the game really takes off after that as you start collecting as you get the ability to um, keep things between loops and you get start getting kind of like the powers and everything like that and start kind of like poking around the world. Uh, uh, that's when it really starts like 
shining. I, I think gameplay wise, it, it's amazing. I there's so many cool stuff. Like uh, there there's it feels it plays great. pretty well. Yeah, it plays very well. It feels really good. Um, uh, I played much of the game with like I found like a um epic like you know purple tier um silenced limp limp 10 or something like that the, and, yeah i'm and, familiar with the one and it, it's silenced and base and like even though it's like a, a machine gun kind of like one shot to the head kills if even from pretty far ranges so what i would kind of do is just like you know pick enemies off from afar or um i there's an ability called nexus that links all the enemies you kind of like throw a, a puff of smoke and an invisible puff of smoke that enemies don't see and it, it like detonates when it hits the the ground and kind of like links all the enemies so they take the same damage so you could just like have a bunch of enemies standing around you hit you hit them all together you link them you like tap one of them in the head they all just fall over so the gameplay like it feels pretty good um the abilities I, I was really into the i mean yeah I, I think that there's a lot of viable ones but i got really into the what did they call the telekinesis one in this game? And it's called, it has a weird name to it. But essentially, like, you could nexus people and then, like, lift them all up in the air and slam them all down. And just, like, I, I know that you could also just, like, one-tap them in the head. But but for me, I, I just like, uh, I like lifting people in the air in videos. I yeah. like uh, force powers. Mm -hmm. and, and the force powers in this game were pretty fun. Yeah. Because, thought... uh, and you can modify the abilities in pretty cool ways. Yeah, by, by killing more of the... All the visionaries have their own slab, and the slab is a an ability. So the way that you kind of get the abilities is by initially killing them, you get that ability. And if you re-kill them, you get perks to slot in to um, kind of modify the ability a little bit. Uh, this is this is a gripe with me, though, because um, I really felt like you can, you can only... You, when you go into one of the... Like, you go into these bespoke areas like you have the like I, like we said before there, there's four times of day and four places that you could go and when you go there like you every time you finish up with an area you go back to the tunnels which is where cole the main character hides and then when you go to the next area you get a choice of a loadout again you can you can equip three weapons and you can equip equip two of the slabs the abilities um which i felt like was very uh it it, it, it was a little too restrictive um i I felt like I always wanted to have the teleport because it just allowed for like a lot of movement. If I got caught, I was able to get away. I was able to like move around on rooftops. It's also like one of the most fun things. Like like I in 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 video games, I think one of the most fun things that they could do is just give you um, a lot of control, a lot of movement options. Is make you feel like extremely mobile and extremely able to like move about the world. And I felt like I would miss it too much if I didn't have the blink. Um, so I always felt like I was locked in on that blink and I only really ever had another choice for one other ability. And well, well that's just your opinion. Th that's just my opinion. I mean, I like, I, I, I did you I, try, did you try havoc? I, I tried havoc. I, I had tried kind of the abilities. Like I tried the invisible one, which was pretty good. I tried havoc, which is like you get armor and deal extra damage. And there's some kind of cool caveats about well, it. You, you become like, yeah, you become invincible. Oh, yeah, but, but it's pretty cool. And, it, and then also by, like, you can get perks that, like, by killing enemies, you increase the timer on it. Um, so there's... And then on top of that, so you could do that plus the Nexus where you're, like, recovering health. And then you don't have to go on rooftops because you could just walk through the middle of everything and just get them. And I feel like also even the uh, the invisibility is a decent stand-in for the, for the teleport. Ultimately, I feel like everything was a viable option. 
I don't know. I just felt, and, I, and, and I've heard this echoed across other podcasts as well, that the game doesn't always give you a great reason for switching it up. I, I did just kind of play through the game feeling like the blink is so fun and so mobile and I can just like, I got so good at sneaking through the levels. This is another thing actually I, I really want to get to after, after this. Um, but um, I just got so good at like traversing the world with that ability that not having it just felt like a little weird. Like I didn't necessarily want to run in um, spe- on, on that subject. Uh, the game has that stealth element and this is probably the best stealth game I've ever played. Um, I, really? And, and I'm going to back that up with, with, with words. And I'm not saying that it is the, uh, so, so let me, let me actually walk that back a little bit. It's, it's the best stealth mechanics I've ever played. And, and the reason why I like it so much as a stealth game, um, even, you know, I'm not saying it's the best, I'm not saying I like it more than Metal Gear. I like Metal Gear the best out of any, uh, stealthy kind of game. Um, but the reason why I like this game so much is that, uh, you're playing a time loop and, uh, you're playing a time loop and you're going to be in these areas all the time, like over and over again. And you kind of like learn enemy positions and pathing. And the game is pretty fair about like when enemies start to see you, they even give you like a little bit extra time. So, so of games where you're stealthing around um, and then you get caught and then things go bad. Sometimes like stealthing games can make you feel really stupid. Like in Metal Gear, if every room you like you you if, if like there there's times in Metal Gear games where like I'm waiting around, I'm looking at enemy pathing for like five minutes, I stand up, I think it's my time to go, like I think I got the pathing down, and then there was like one enemy that I didn't see. And now they saw me, and then like sometimes I'll just like stand in the middle as like they're shooting me and wait to kill me so I could reset the like the room or go back to a starting point or something, because it feels like I don't want to change it up. Like, it's like, I, I screwed up the stealth, and now I feel dumb for screwing up the stealth. And in Death Loop, they really do a good job of, like, of like you're going to be here over and over again. If you get caught, you may as well just turn in dun- guns blazing. And also, like, enemies aren't always, like, alerted from you from other rooms. So sometimes, like, you can go through a couple areas and not get caught, get caught eventually, um, guns blazing your way out of it. The whole map isn't, like, aware of you, and then you can, like, go back to stealthing if you want or keep going. Like, the game does give you a good sense of, like, it, it doesn't make you feel bad for um, having to, to, to chain, deviate from a plan. And because you're replaying it constantly, you get better and better at, like, I know that there's a wind, there's a moon roof on this building that if I get up to it, I can just drop down right here and there's a pathing enemy here. So, like, you just get to the point where where you are really good at stealthy stuff. Like, you you know where enemies are hidden. You know, like, which routes they take and stuff like that. And I really like that. Like, there, there's multiple... And, and then, you know, since you know that you're going to do it again, it's like, you don't care if you get caught, you know? Like, you don't care if you slightly mess up a plan because like, it's going to happen again. Like, there's no reason to reset or anything. It doesn't make you feel bad for doing it. Just, like, salvage it, salvage it in any way you can. Um, maybe, like, you know, get some of, like, the whatever is it, vibranium or residium and uh, keep, keep trucking, you know? Like, I, I feel like yeah. that, that is a really well-balanced, like, like it makes you feel s- smart and good when you're doing stealth. You don't feel that bad when you get caught. And as you're playing the game, you're naturally going to get, like, really good at stealth. Like, you know where enemies are placed. And it, it kind of feels smart. It, it kind of feels, like, fun, like, to, to be, like, to have this big advantage of, like, I know these layouts. I know yeah, these. I mean, it's a lot like Hitman. Yeah, it is like Hitman in that regard of like of like knowing 
playing playing and then the more you just get to this part where you're like you're technically psychic because you're like i know that this person's going to come over here they're going to drop food on this other person that person's going to freak out and have to go to the bathroom and then when they go to the bathroom i kill them and like you just get better and better at it and it gets to the point where like you're no longer making these like mistakes and like feeling like an idiot that's like goofing around like you start to just get like you know just so surgical so i really like that i really i really liked the gameplay loop in the death loop i mean the real problem with death loop oh we didn't even get to the to the thing about juliana so as you're going through all of this uh there is a character who is constantly talking to you they're like uh the primary antagonist and the the writing on it is so good. Like the the banter between you and this character is so good. But you're also interacting with this character in in a pretty unique way because players can invade your game playing as this character and essentially like ruin your day. <laughs> but uh, and having on those encounters uh, totally changes the game. Like the fact that you could be in the middle of something and then a player can invade you. They, like, prevent you from leaving the area unless you, like, hack this radar or end up killing her. And if you do kill her, uh, then it's going to give you access to slabs and slab upgrades and weapons that that she was carrying. And the alternative is that you can also play as Juliana. And when you do that, you're there's sort of, like, this Call of Duty progression to it where you're leveling up your, like, hunter rank. You're doing these missions... You're unlocking cosmetics for both you and for Cole. You're unlocking new weapons, new abilities. And I, I feel like this game is, people aren't talking about this system enough because it's really fun on both ends of the spectrum. Because as Cole, you have these opportunities to like use part of your arsenal that you would usually not care about. Uh, different weapons become useful to have, D- like... Uh, Different perks like uh, long distance hacking becomes really powerful, um, and putting down like mines and things like that become like really effective when you're getting invaded. I I, I think that this is really going to appeal to a certain type of person, you know, the type of people that also like invading in Dark Souls and things like that. Th- this has that feel to it, and it, and it, it feels good to get invaded because it's like you know you might get a reward. I mean towards the end of the game where you kind of like are set in your ways and you know exactly what you want to do. I think this mechanic becomes a little bit more like tedious because it's like, oh, I'm getting invaded again. Need to deal with the satellite, deal with the player. But but I think like if you're midways through the game that it's a pretty pretty interesting, uh, uh, you know, feature. Did you play with any of this on? Um, I played with it friends on and I think one time friend of the show, Nate invaded me, but I, you texted me about it. And I kind of knew I like I, I, I got a, a Steam like notification of like uh, like oh you're you're being invaded um, from you not like a not like an actual Steam notification and uh, but I was kind of done with the th- the area so I was just like uh, I don't know like I have I have a lot of good stuff I have a lot of residium do, like do I want to do this so I just kind of like unlocked the thing and I, I I didn't see him you said that he actually did see me eventually and shot at me but but at that point I was just like I did the thing I want to do. Um, I have a lot of the currency. If I die, that like then I get dark sold. So, like I don't know. I I, I didn't feel like I wasn't t- too compelled with it. But like you said, that there's that I could definitely see people. I, I'm someone who like I don't like Dark Souls PvP at all. I, I I'm annoyed that when someone goes in t- to to the to the world and it's just like listen, I'm focused on this other thing. Like I 
I somewhat respect it as a mechanic um, to make my life harder, um, but I always find the PvP to like not be balanced in a way. This is different. This is like I feel like the P this PvP would be more balanced than like Dark Souls, which just seems like a kind of a mess. Um, so I've it's never interesting also because yeah, so you 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 and Juliana have like different uh, slabs uh, that are unique to you. So Cole's slab is that he can uh, revive three times. So Cole gets three lives. Uh, Juliana has an ability called um, Masquerade, uh, where she can switch uh, visuals with an enemy. So Juliana can take on the skin of an enemy and just like it. It kind of doesn't work because the enemies, you know, they meander around. Yeah, they don't really. It's like they just stand around in in groups, walking, and sometimes they like kind of walk slowly. But if you're running and you look like an enemy. Yeah, it's kind of cool if you just do it and you like stand on a rooftop and you just like stand there and look over. People might be like, oh, it's just a and, and you know, Juliana's also advantage is that uh, all of the Eternalists are on her side. Unless yeah. you accidentally hit one of them, because if you hit an Eternalist, then they all turn on you. Uh, but but you can spot Cole. So the way that you spot Eternalists, there's like you press the T button, uh, you can spot Cole. And then all of the Eternalists will be notified to his position and start moving in on him. So the, the two characters, they sort of have their different, like, advantages. And it's cool, like, using, like, using Aether, trying to play around, like, you know, what are they expecting me to do? How do I play around that? And, yeah, it's neat. Also, the fact that if you're using Telekinesis, you could just, like, fling Juliana to the ground and, and kill her. If she's not using Havoc. So there is like a metagame. Yeah. It's neat. It uh, is really neat. But, but it also uh, feels like the game. It's worth saying. And, and we don't have to spoil the ending of the game. But it is worth saying that it feels like they ran out of money. Or like that COVID hit. And the ending of the game. It feels like there was supposed to be just like one more chapter. Yeah. And it just didn't happen. Yeah. Um. I guess it's not even worth like like sometimes we'll do spoiler cast kind of stuff and if you've already finished it then you know um I, I I would say like I deflated a little bit with the game after that like it's it's unfortunate because I I really loved the the actual gameplay of it and probably the high point is once you've figured out everything um once you've kind of like figured out everything you need to do and how to kill all the visionaries on one day you do this like cool day-long like you know murder spree of like of like i have to go here at this time to be able to get this this person i have to go here at this time to sabotage this thing and you get like you, you know you've been practicing and working up and learning everything the, the pathing and learning the interpersonal relationships of the visionaries and trying to be able to get them into one room and you just like action-packed day that has to go the right way um ironically uh funny enough not ironically actually the first time i did it i did everything Killed all the visionaries, and then there's one thing you're supposed to do after that. And I, I just went to the, um, I went to the, uh, the, the tunnels. You went to the tunnels because I thought that that's what you were supposed to do. Like I, I didn't, I screwed up, and I like I did everything I needed to do. I went to the tunnels, and I was like, yep, time to go to the final cutscene or like the final thing. And nope, there was a you were supposed to do something, so I had to redo the whole final day. Um, but yeah, when it goes to the after the final day, there's just like completely just it's. It's a really short segment. There's not even like really a fight or anything, and it just and ends. it leads to like three different endings. And I looked at so I, I I played through it. I got the ending, and then I looked at the different endings, and they're really not very different at all. Yeah, 
I mean, like they're 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 different. It almost feels like why have different endings? Yeah, why have different endings? It's kind of it's it's a big bummer because there's a lot that I want to. You know the the way that this like like if you don't want this spoiled for you, then just turn the podcast off because we're too deep in it now. Um, the ending of the game without actually like truly spoiling it, it feels like a binary switch. It's like if. The whole game, if, if imagining if there was an entire game where you can see through a glass window that there's a switch that you ha- that is turned on and you have to turn it off. And then the entire game, you're playing like 30, 40 hours of it. And then finally, you get up to this thing, you open up the glass case, you take the switch from on to off, and now it is off. And that is the ending of it. Or you say, you know what? I don't want to turn it off anymore. Yeah, that's it. Like you either you either you get up to it and the choices are like, I don't want to turn it off. Okay, so then what does that mean? Or I do want to turn it off. But then what does that mean? Like now that it's off, like there's so many things of like there's more that I want to know. Like d- does the, the like you know the whole game is stopping this they, time they loop. They never get into like the uh, the other character like there's a character that they never really it feels like there are a lot of loose at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And there, now that, and now that are... we're kind of like going into it, it's like I'm kind of disappointed that like th- there's this whole thing where you keep seeing Cole. The, the time loop, so so there's you kind of re- eventually realize that the time loop has been going on for way longer than you thought. The time loop- Like pro- over 100 years. The time loop has been going on for like an extremely long amount of time to the point where there's like these different fashions and like you can kind of see that like I think it started, it seemed to have started around the 70s or something possibly. And- you're seeing, you, you get these, like, images of different Coles, which I don't really understand. Like, why is Cole the one who, like, there's different of him kind of breaking through the the time loop? You, you see Cole wearing kind of, like, different clothes at different points of his life. One where he's, like, got his shit together. There's one where he's, like, just a broken human being, and he, like, tattooed up his skin with, like, don't it, trust her. It really her. does make me wonder if they're going to do another game in the Deathloop universe where you're maybe on another island where this is happening, and they will maybe explain a little bit more of Cole. Because, like, they say things like, oh, you know, you know a little bit about him. He is... He was an experiment. He was in an asylum. Like he vouched yeah. to get Mia on the island. And he's the Mia, kind of, he's kind Mia, of how the whole the whole island came yeah. about, right? Mia doesn't belong on the island. She like wasn't actually a visionary. She like cheated her way in. There's like Cole has a wife. Juliana's his daughter. And there's just like all this stuff that they never. And and then there's a, there's other things like like Juliana always talks about how like Cole has come to the end of the island he has realized everything about it he has been able to stop the island and he has decided not to and he has and there one time cole got away from the island and he came back so there's all these kind of things about like why why are these the case like why is this the case it's really interesting like did i kind of thought there would be a thing at the end that would justify me not wanting to stop the loop do you know what i mean like maybe he would eventually realize something like like, oh, if I stop this, then everyone's going to die of old age and yeah, I'll die. I'm... And in so will Juliana, my daughter. Like, I thought that maybe you would have a realization that, like, is it, like, is it the right thing to stop the time? Yeah, in my version, I just, I didn't shoot Juliana. Yeah. That's what I did. But, but, and I, I do feel like they, they, they could make another one and I would play it, like, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, it, this, and, this game I was a journey, could you know? justify it. This game was yeah. the journey, not the ending kind of thing. Yeah, I, I do feel like maybe, I don't know, I would have done, like, I, I'd like to see how, I, I just want to see how they expanded. Like, 
uh, is there is this does this game have a season pass like I, I or is it so. like I, I feel like it doesn't right and the, i can imagine a good dlc that kind of gets into some of it because the ending is just so i can even imagine the prequel yeah the ending is just so deflating it really is like I, I i finished Deathloop and i didn't think about it even though like while i was playing Deathloop, i was really excited by it and i had a great time playing it and that last day is a is a highlight moment of the year of like it was a really cool thing to play this like out this whole murder plan thing this oceans 11 murder plan and yet just the ending is so just binary it really is just like you finish you what you set out to do and they they don't give you anything after that like i'm surprised that they don't they have like i did shoot juliana and then there's a moment where uh after that where just juliana kind of comes up warps up to you on the island on the shore that you always start out on and she like puts a gun up to your head and then she like kind of groans and then disappears and that's it like there's there's they don't explain further like are they going to be a father and a daughter again are they like what happens to the visionaries what happens to the eternalists what happens to the island is it going to go keep going on is it going to be keeping this party like what are what is going to go on yeah and, and the other thing that i was trying to figure out for a large portion of the game is can i get a mask to go to alexis's party and at one point you actually can save a mask maker uh do, do you know about this like arc i do know where like the guy who harriet is like killing who's on the chain is a mask maker and if you save him you can go back to his workshop in the afternoon but when you go there there's not that much there there's like that a mannequin head for one of uh charlie's games and it, it just feels like there are things that are incomplete in the game like, yeah. like, I just want to know more. Even about, like, even if they make another Deathloop, I feel like there are still things that, that I wish I knew about this one. I agree I with want you. More, I want more 2-bit. Yeah. He's interesting. I don't know why he survives the loop, but um, his memory survives the loop. Is that, uh, is that Deathloop? We're two yeah. hours in. That's a good game. It is a great game. a good game. It's, I, 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 I know that, pr- that maybe people would be done with it, but if, if, if someone listening did not pl- finish the game then I would still recommend playing the game because the journey of it is so good. The ending yeah, is and, bad. And don't... The, there are fun weapons to get. Like, really I fun love weapons. the. I don't know if you got the. Tr- did you get the transforming weapon? No. You could get like a a, a bloodborne weapon that oh, really? like. Tra- and it yeah it's like a bloodborne like almost more of a dishonored I guess but you get like um this like shotgun that can like open up and transform into a rapier. Oh, it's cool. pretty neat. That's a that was one of my favorite weapons. Also, the weapon that Alexis had, the the submachine gun that healed you, that thing was really cool. Yeah, I just I, I always liked this like silenced limp, and I I got the uh uh an infinite loading gun um that you you can shoot while re- you reload. So that was kind of my like. Oh yeah, did you get the dual pistols? I got the dual pistols. Those are those are fun. Pistols that you snap together. Yeah. And then there's the the sniper rifle's pretty all right. I mean, it was too loud yeah. in most cases. And also, it like its whole thing is that it 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 you charge up a shot, but like most guns kill most people in one shot anyway. So like, why the only time you'd ever want to charge up a shot to kill someone is like a visionary, but you already find out good ways to kill visionaries anyway. Good game. Great game. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, James. Pittsburgh, James. Oh my God, I didn't even talk about my house. Well, we'll do that another time. I bought a house. I moved. You did talk about it last week, but you didn't talk about being in I the did? actual house. Not you didn't talk about it being in the house. You talked about the yeah. house. Yeah. So that's a whole game in and of itself. That's a game. Too many progression systems. Too many. Too many skill trees. 
take me away. WTDGpodcast.com. That's for the website. That's the website where this lives. You could go there to, to download the episodes. I don't know. Maybe you do that. Maybe you just go to Spotify, WTDG Podcast. What's the deal with games? You could also follow the podcast on Twitter, at sign WTDG Podcast, to be notified when new episodes show up. Thank you, Ryan Galloway and Bumper for the use of your music. We use the intro and outro. Uh, you can get it off the new album, Pop Songs 2020. You can find them at YouTube where you can get links to all their merch. I own the shirt. I own the record. You know, there's a part in uh, Deathloop where we, we didn't even talk about, like, the writing. Like, on the like your character, like, sees writing. Yeah, I kind of like that. Um, well, if you like that, uh, just wait until you read Three Body Problem. Ooh. Because uh, the characters uh, see some of that. But uh, in one place uh, in uh, Charlie's game, it says, To the Moon. Oh yeah, and, uh, which I, which is uh, getting worn out, right? I guess so. I mean, that's a, that's meme stuff, but uh, it's getting worn out for us too. We got to we got to get we had to keep it sleazy. Um, take it sleazy. Take it yeah. sleazy to the moon. I don't even know what we say anymore. I guess like uh, we just we just don't have it yet. We just don't have it yet. I, you can't go. We can't. I guess we can always go back to that. That's evergreen. We just don't have it yet. We just don't have a sign off. We just don't have one yet. All right, bye. Bye.